Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed and this episode is questions of the force i'm joseph scrimshaw i'm ken knapsack i sometimes have answers from the force (laughs) we love answers from the force uh someday we'll do a very special episode that's just reading questions and then there'll be a quiet space for everyone to think it's a real (laughs) jedi meditation version of questions of the force but for this episode we're gonna have some answers uh or thoughts at least as always want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by audible 
You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. It is a great insight to young Obi-Wan Kenobi. A lot of great Kenobi uh, stories coming, but this is uh, one of our favorites. So if you want to check out Master and Apprentice and give it a listen, you can get your free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. Ken, are you ready for some questions? I am so ready for questions, sir. Excellent. We always get two from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter and Daniel Mormack. And Daniel says, if you woke up one day in Star Wars, what species, can't say human, faction, era would you be? Also, would you be born on their homeworld or somewhere else? If Jedi or Sith, what color is your lightsaber? This is absolutely great. Mm. Uh, Ken, I know you've done some role-playing. I've done a decent amount of role-playing in my life. This feels like, like roll up your Star Wars character. <laughs> Design your Star Wars character. You know, do you get initiative? Uh, where, where do you spend your points? So I love this question. Uh, and I love the the uh, specification that we can't say human. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting thought experiment of like, what? body do i want to have so yeah where do you go with all this uh what your species your faction your era are you a jedi where are you born all that stuff yeah this is a great question i i challenge myself to push past any um gut reaction answer right you know it might be ewok so i can hang out with my my boy chirp no no i want to you know where, where can i go uh that i don't often go and i went with abdeb abed Neto, which is i'll Ooh. learn to say it uh new republic era why? Because there's so many cool pilots with cool musical uh, reference names, uh, music reference <laughs> names, not musicals, uh, not Hello uh, Dolly references. Um, though I, that'd be a great name. Uh, Hello Ollie. <laughs> be it. Uh, and yeah, and then I do love you know, that the, it's, it's, a, it's a planet in the uh, colonies region of the Corellian Run. That's kind of a cool place to be born. And I, I say New Republic, so you could kind of join that fight. Now, I myself am not... Um, super uh athletic part love sports but not like i don't see myself as a cool x-wing pilot so it would have to be you know um a, a little clunky grumpy y-wing pilot not a tattletale <laughs> not a tattletale like uh, uh uh slow and low over there on uh, uh canto bite um but you know uh i'd be next eloatsy and next to poe Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, you could be named X Harrison after Rex Harrison if you wanted to be musical. <laughs> yeah, love uh, would you want to continue the Beastie Boys uh, uh, theme? Would you want your name to just be uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn? <laughs> Nothing cute about it. Your full name <laughs> just, is just No Sleep Till Brooklyn. With some apostrophes and weird dashes. <laughs> no way, Sleep Till Brooklyn. Yes, uh, I, I could, I could, uh, I could get behind that there. Yeah, You'd absolutely get behind it. So you'd want to be a Y wing pilot. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, are, are you, uh, just kind of adding everything in there? Are you a force user as well? Or are you just like, nope, I'm good with my Y-Wing? I'm good with my Y-Wing. Yeah. Having, uh, being t- in tune to the force, uh, seems like a lot of hard work, dedication, responsibility, <laughs> as opposed to just flying a Y-Wing around and occasionally going, pole. Um, uh, you know, which oh, these characters are much more than that, of course. Uh, in fact, in the Poe Dameron comic, you get, you could get, uh, spend a lot of time with these characters, um, a uh, couple, couple of Abednego fighters. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I'd be. I'd just be a part of the New Republic. Um, um, you know, again, resistance. Yeah, I, I think the resistance, resistance is forming, and I think I'd yeah. want to leave the New Republic military with Poe and Eloatsi to to join up with Leia's army. 
Okay, all right. You would you would go with your 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 friends to, mm-hmm. to fight the good fight in your Y wing. Uh, now, in terms of, I think I love all the the cultural reasons that you want to be an mm-hmm. Ab- Abednego. Uh, can you? Does it sound good to physically be an Abednego? Or is there something where you're like, yeah, it'd be great to have a head like that? <laughs> physically, <laughs> how do you imagine being one? Well, as someone who has an abnormally large head, I have to special order baseball caps. Um, you know, the, lar- the largest size you got, go larger. Uh, I think it just is, it's, uh, uh, I think something about it, it just feels right. It just feels, you know, they take up a, they take up a cockpit. Like they're, they're all, there's this big, they're in there, you know, you know what I mean? Take up a lot of space. I'm clumsy. I knock things over. Can't fit into my. It's a joke. My podcast recording studio now is just jam packed with too many things right now because I, I have too many things I'm trying to do in the studio. It's I not like a room out. anymore so much as a, it's like a, a large suit you wear to do podcasts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The last time you actually were here about uh, two years ago in the studio, it doesn't look like that anymore. Um, at the chairs and tangle tables at an angle, so I feel like I'm squished into a Y wing uh, cockpit. <laughs> well, that is uh, just a, a a great picture to imagine you mm-hmm. uh, getting into that Y wing. <laughs> with your yeah. cool name uh yeah i'm just i'm always gonna answer jedi at least partially mm-hmm. I, I you know uh, yeah it, it's a lot of work a lot of responsibility but come on it's fun to help yeah. people and move things with your mind right um yeah so i definitely i would want to be a jedi um i would want to be a jedi in uh doesn't have an official name yet because we don't have any storytelling mm-hmm. for it yet but the assumed a new new Jedi Order started by Rey and possibly Finn. Uh, I do like that idea of being of being aware, uh, you know, uh, a lot of great guidance from Rey and from Finn and uh, being aware of the legends of the past and the truth of them and kind of having that bold new frontier. Uh, I think that is, if I had to choose everything, anything I would want to choose. Uh, the just open possibilities, the mm. absolute horizon of that. Um yeah. Since I was, I'm a Jedi. I would want a blue blade. Uh, blue mm-hmm. is my favorite color. I think <laughs> uh, Luke and Kenobi's lightsabers probably have something to do with that from a very young <laughs> age. Uh, but I'd want a weird kyber crystal that uh, it starts out like a really light, brilliant blue, and then it slowly gets darker as I get older. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so by the time I'm like, uh, by the time I'm really, really pushing it, uh, old, old Jedi has got uh, this, like, is that blue or is that black? Like, it's technically a very dark blue. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that'd be a really fun, fun idea to watch yourself age via kyber crystal. And then <laughs> uh, I was really challenged by uh, the species, right? Because there's the temptation mm. to just answer in a jokey way. I almost yeah, kind of yeah. just cheated by going, uh Pantorn or Merlin, like Pantorn, that, that's a fascinating yeah. culture. And uh, I, hey, I like I like blue. I'll be blue. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Or I like the Merlin culture that's really uh, into the Force, that really respects it. I love that detail where like, Vanessa Rowe got us like is celebrated. Yeah, for being uh, you know taken at, at a young age to join the Jedi. So like that would be great to come from a supportive mm. culture. Yeah, and uh, like how Vanessa reflects on like that really helped me out. Not everybody has that. Um, so I was tempted, but I wanted to just go true alien instead of human with, you know, <laughs> mm. different tattoos and, and tones. And I really tried to think about what body would I enjoy having. And I was shocked to discover that, Ken, I would like to be a small Wookiee. A small Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I just, the, uh, the clothing options, that's great. Uh, the, the strength 
would be great. Um, the uh, uh, the fur. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. a furry, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be making any jokes. Uh, yeah. But like, look, that's that seems like a fun way to be. Like, it just seems fun to yeah. be furry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just- <laughs> furry, lots of teeth, uh, and a lot of uh, roaring. And we we know that a lot. Wookies are kind, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, they get to roar a lot, and I would love to roar. Yes. Yes. And and yeah, so I love this blade. You wood a nice wood blade. You said or no, wood wood. Oh, wood I helps. didn't even get into that. But yeah, no, I oh, okay. Yeah, I, I would go full gungi and yeah, try to mm-hmm, have a, mm-hmm. some some sacred wood on on the hilt of my blade for sure. Yeah, and maybe I'd yeah. be the first Wookiee who wears pants, even though he doesn't <laughs> need to, just to be like, yeah, but I wanna. What I just, what do I? Yeah, one of my underrated uh, things uh, that I love about Chewbacca is his satchel. I think I think a good Jedi Wookiee satchel would would work for you as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would happily happily have a satchel. It's a, <laughs> my, I I have a bag that I that I got uh, to, for the first time I went to San Diego Comic Con. It's like my little <laughs> yeah my little chewy satchel. I would love uh, that satchel. Uh, but I want to be a small Wookiee because I realized when I okay. thought about being a Wookiee, uh, it feels uh, I am average height. But in our culture, average height means short through the way people treat you <laughs> or speak to you. Uh, but I'm used to that. So that'd be, it'd be fun if like people were like, well, yeah, he's a mighty Wookiee. It's yeah. it's just a DNA thing. He's shorter than normal. He's smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be uh, a, a a short Wookiee. I don't know why, but there you go. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm on board with that. I'm Excellent. on board with that. Excellent. Well, I, I'll, I'll fight my Y-Wing to defeat the uh, final order. And then uh, you can join the, the Jedi order that emerges after that. And we can form a complete story here. Yeah. And then we can do a podcast. Wookiee yes. and Abednego's takes. Love it. <laughs> All right. Great question, Daniel. We'll move on to our question from Bradley Tussing. Uh, Bradley says, hello there. Let's speculate responsibly. In honor of my favorite character, Obi-Wan, how do you see the confrontation between Kenobi and Vader playing out? We know the fates of both. What do you think will happen in the actual duel? Thanks and keep up the great work. Uh, we've talked about this a, a little bit, but it's it's always in this great stew of Kenobi talk. And I love how direct uh, Bradley's question is of like mm-hmm. the duel. What's gonna happen in the duel? So, Ken, how are you feeling uh, about the duel? Do you have uh, theories or hopes? I... I- Oh, man. Yes, 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 and that's why we're here, right? But um, I'm trying to. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't really care about that. Nah. No, I care so much, and I know, I, I know that's kind of the focal point of it here. And and I think because it go it, it it goes from almost the cute of I'd I'd love to get some sort of answer of why Vader felt that w- when they met again, he was like, "Hey, last time you were the master, I was a learner, but we're gonna switch that around this time." And it, and yeah. if it's gonna be come out of this. And how do you, you know, that's a, that's kind of a cute canon thing and meaning like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll get an answer. But I will want that to be big so that 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 is some sort of um, what kind of emotional defeat does Vader suffer here is the way I'm kind of mm. looking at that. Um, it, it can't necessarily be physical. It's not going to, you know, even it will Kenobi going to chop off a, another, uh, you know, limb and just that one gets repaired like it just that those are repeated beats. It's got to be something that's like. Kenobi feels uh, like we've been talking about, like, I, I got to, there's nothing I can do. This chapter is turned, but like Vader, Vader, and he's not fully formed and all that kind of stuff. Is this a big emotional, final emotional scar on him? And that's, um, that's what happens. I just don't know how to, maybe I just don't know how I want to see that in a physical confrontation. Um, I would love a lot of chance in the fight for the, for conversation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
yeah. a lot of, you know, slash, slash, slash. Have you thought more about what I said? Well, I mean, that's really like the the Bespin duel between Vader and Luke, mm-hmm. right? There are like, yeah. there are phases to it. There are phrases to it. There's like mm-hmm. a lot of storytelling. It's not just like the one and done five minute yeah. fight, right? It, 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 it travels and what's, what's at stake beat to beat travels. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The Bespin fight's a great way to, to look at it of, of um, you know, and they're not going to have tea. It's not Kenobi and General Loathsome, but uh, <laughs> just there's got to be that. There has to be that of just, you know, them knowing what's going on in the fight versus just hacking and slashing. Yeah, it's got to it's got to be an emotional battle uh, or a physical battle. Uh, you know, it's got to be both in some way, maybe even separated. Uh, you yeah, know, we'll yeah. see how it gets constructed. But yeah, it's it's hard to think about just the physical fight without thinking about what is the the story. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the a new hope line because it is like uh, the the big asterisk I think for a lot of fans of the yeah. when I left you I was but the learner now I am the master and seeing if they're just going to handle that like Lucas himself has demonstrated in the past that he'll be like yeah I don't care <laughs> right yeah right I don't care if you interpreted this you know ambiguous line uh, or, or even a really specific line in this specific way <laughs> um, head it up you know yeah. I want Maul back figure it out like. Uh, so I wonder if it'll just be like head cannon it up uh, uh, fans or, you know, somebody tries to kind of make it work in a, in a novel as authors often do try to acknowledge a little yeah. thing like that. Or if it will, if they'll contextualize that line to be Vader is talking about when I left the Jedi order and was a Sith, mm-hmm. I was, but the learner when we, is he talking about Mustafar and this is something different or yeah. are they going to try to contextualize it? So that line is referring to this fight. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I, if I've, if I, it's like a hundred percent need, right. Of even just not the fight, but the series, I think you're probably in the same boat too, just based, you know, again, what you're saying about Lucas and we're just kind of almost used to that as Star Wars fans. Um, but it, it'd be interesting to see that play out, I guess, more than, more than a need for me. Yeah. I think the line that I'm more uh, interested in from the, a new hope fine is uh, a fight is uh, one of my favorite Vader lines, which works great is a uh, great uh, space fantasy over the top uh, talk, but also is funny in the way it's phrased in real world uh, perspectives of, of uh, Vader saying your powers are weak, old man. <laughs> in the way weak has, uh, has become a slightly different context. Weak, but your powers are weak. Old man is, uh, is that's new to me, you know? Uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. That there's something Vader's discovering in that moment, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I yeah. think this is not either of them at their absolute peak, uh, mm-hmm. but I in the Kenobi show. But I think it is uh, like we we're talking about. I don't think it's going to be about like the speed of the Mustafar fight, but I think it's mm-hmm. physically it's going to be about power. Uh, yeah. Or I shouldn't say it's going to be. I think it would be cool. I <laughs> I hope yeah, yeah. I it would be awesome if it were about like we have big, powerful moves, powerful leaps, powerful chops, throwing huge things at one another power uh, mm. as mm. opposed to speed, uh, since that's the way Vader fights anyway. Um, and if mm. Obi-Wan can kind of match him that way. So th- that's one thought about just kind of physically, how do mm. they fight? How do they tell that story? Uh, how do you how do you give room for <laughs> his powers to become weak? Um, yeah. Yeah, and then in terms of the narrative of it, uh, uh, this is maybe prediction, but more hope. Uh, mm-hmm. some, something that I think would be interesting for me. Um, 
I think Obi-Wan has won both the big screen duels against Vader. Uh, he mm-hmm. physically defeated him on Mustafar, and I think he realized he was having an entirely different fight uh, than Vader was mm-hmm. on the Death Star, and the fight ended exactly the way Kenobi wanted it to, right? Yeah. Um, so he's beat him, in my opinion, in my interpretation, both times, and he's done that by knowing his opponent and knowing what he, Obi-Wan, truly wants out of the fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I think if that if it's kind of framed the same way, I'd be really interested if uh, this emotional battle and a physical battle is starting from a place of Obi-Wan tries to get through to him, because I think mm-hmm. that is really important uh, to Obi-Wan once thought as you did, to uh, Obi-Wan believing that, that Anakin is gone and that being a truth for him. So I would love it if the fight starts with Obi-Wan tries to get through to Vader, maybe gets close but something concrete mm-hmm. happens that makes Obi-Wan believe it is not possible. You know, mm-hmm. if I failed back in the day because I didn't save Anakin and I didn't stop Vader, well, I tried to save Anakin and that's not going to work. So I'm going to try to stop you physically and then you can get this big fight. But then I think at some point, I think it would be cool if uh, Vader is more powerful and Obi-Wan realizes I'm at risk of getting myself physically killed mm-hmm. and for what then luke will have no one yeah and put obi-wan like mid-fight into choosing the future choosing to be there mm-hmm. for luke mm-hmm. uh or he could obsess on his own past and his own failures by trying to stop vader when he knows the odds are against him just power wise so yeah. i think you could have a story where vader is physically dominant uh mm-hmm. but obi-wan once again, wins the fight based on what his goal is. Yeah. Which at some point in the fight becomes escape, live mm-hmm. to be there for Luke, live, live for the future, live for my commitment to this new mission, mm-hmm. let go of the past. Yeah. Uh, this, um, um, yeah, this idea of, uh, yeah, this, this kind of real victory for, uh, for Kenobi. And I love, uh, I love, uh, I'm hearing you describe it. And the idea that as big and badass as Vader is that he never gets the technical win. <laughs> he always keeps coming up short to Kenobi in any ways, but I love and all this. Uh, you, you're actually getting me excited again. You, we do, do this every now and then, and you especially do this on Kenobi conversations. You get me so excited for something that we're just both dreaming up. Um, but <laughs> we, we trace the themes, we track the themes yeah. and this all makes sense. The idea of the actual decision having to kind of be made in Kenobi's heart, soul and mind and maybe body of, I could maybe continue to pursue this thing against Vader, maybe get the win here. Maybe I save the gal- galaxy. I don't know. Maybe I right or wrong, but is that about me? Is that about my ego? Or do I have to give that all up again for this future, for this new hope? Because maybe I die in the death or as well. Maybe I, you know, maybe that's how he could win is I, maybe I could take both of us. So whatever, whatever it actually is. I love what you're suggesting there of a lot of it having to come back onto Kenobi of even in this fight, I have to make the choice for the future. That's yeah. pretty cool. In realizing it, you know, there's so many great stories in Star Wars about why we fight. And if Obi-Wan has this sort of realization of like, I am trying to defeat him. Yeah. To save the galaxy, but also, or at least partially save the galaxy because Palpatine's still there. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm more, I'm realizing I'm making it about me. This is about me fixing my broken heart, fixing my mistake. And instead, I should be there for others. I should be there for Luke instead of making mm. this about me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yeah. and, and what? It, yeah. Just the way we're going to all of us can take that back to our own lives. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Why am I doing this? And, you know, yeah. why am I getting angry in this issue? And who is it for? Is it my ego or is it the situation? Why am I going after this person? Is it for, for to defeat them or am I defeating myself? That, that's powerful Star Wars stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that he's got to come to this place of, of some amount of peace at the end. And uh, how does he get that victory? Right. Um, yeah. And how do you answer that question that a lot of people have had since the original trilogy of like, Yoda and Obi-Wan get off their asses <laughs> yeah. and to, to see him like I tried in in it would have been putting the future at risk you know yeah um which also brings me to another thing that we we that comes up in this conversation I think uh a lot of people hope and uh, hope for a Qui-Gon uh appearance oh, right right and I think it might be really fascinating if if however Obi-Wan makes it through this confrontation with Vader, however he comes to a real sense of peace and purpose about, I am, I have, I'm being a great Jedi Knight just by watching over Luke and, and protecting the future. Um, is that what he needs to unlock the ability to truly connect with Qui-Gon is, mm-hmm. you know, is Qui-Gon in the first couple episodes <laughs> as, you know, a great mm-hmm. force spirit exposition or is Qui-Gon the victory at the end he's been trying for mm. 10 years Can to master this ability to commune with Qui-Gon and only when Obi-Wan becomes at peace with himself can he begin to connect with Qui-Gon oh 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 that's a force center oh excited uh <laughs> based on your force center well said of of, of uh yeah you phrase it you said like a reward but I love just what you, the, 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 you're, you've been clogged man <laughs> You, yep. For 10 years, you've been living in this cave on a blanket and a pillow. You don't even allow yourself a hut, whatever's going on. It, you know, it could be a timeline story like that, but like bad. And then you're, you're clear of all this. You're clear of all that. You've let it go. You've truly moved past it, man. The, again, Star Wars therapy, life lessons, uh, uh, the importance of telling these stories that would work for me. Yeah. And, and the story of becoming a force spirit has always been about, uh, you know, the Sith cling to life. Uh, the Jedi allow themselves to move on and retain the ability uh, to have their identity within the force so that they can continue to help others. So it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense that if Obi-Wan comes to peace with that's his role in relationship to Luke, uh, that he would accomplish that after the Vader confrontation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, great, great question. A lot of Kenobi uh, thought starters, and there'll be even more. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about uh, maybe some more Kenobi and other things in Star Wars, too. What? Back in a moment. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue our questions and answers of the force. Uh, I will caveat. I've been trying to caveat, Ken. I love caveats. Uh, But with the Kenobi stuff, I get so excited that I always want to caveat that, like, uh, this is how I'd maybe approach it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as a writer and these ideas. But I always want to just say, like, these are just thoughts. These are just excitement. Uh, I could absolutely be dead wrong. <laughs> and yeah. I will embrace whatever story is told. I, I just I just kind of feel a responsibility when I when, when we get really excited about an idea to mm-hmm. not get attached to. But I figured it out and this is the way it should be. But to be open to whatever story is told. Yeah, no. Hey, absolutely. Uh, I think I think. Uh... I think we, we we're constantly tested uh, 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 with our own engagement with the story presented <laughs> idea. Uh, that that uh, it's uh, you know it's a good lesson for us always. A good lesson for always. All right, so we have cues and lessons of the force, but now we're going to move on to our <laughs> questions from our patrons on Patreon. We go first mm-hmm. to Jay Winkworth. Uh, Jay says, "Much like Ken, I have an affinity for imperial officers. I just find them more relatable than the rebels. Jerk bosses, brown nosers, <laughs> employees promoted who probably didn't deserve it, incompetence, backstabbing, people putting their own wants and needs ahead of the group goal." really reminded me of my days as a manager at a big box retailer. <laughs> mm. I've always loved Tarkin and Piet and 
Jared Gerard just strike me as a guy who's there for the benefits in the employer 401k contributions, mm. which I can relate, says Jay. Anyway, I don't have anyone in my Star Wars circle who's a big fan of Imperial officers, so I don't get to talk about it ever. So I'm just going to post a few questions here, but please feel free to go wherever your thoughts take you. What resonates with you about Imperial officers? What are your favorite stories moments with them? Are there specific stories you haven't seen that you want to? Thanks in advance. I know I've come to the right place. Hmm. Indeed you have, Jay. Great question and great analysis uh, of the Imperials. Ken, uh, where do you go? You've had a lot of time to reflect on it. What are you feeling now is your your uh, attraction to the Imperial officers? It, it's, it's, that's a great question. Of uh, you put you put now uh, as a kid, I, I almost almost scared to analyze why I love them so much. <laughs> um, you know, there's something about quite frankly, the, the, we always say the the Empire had cooler toys in a literal sense, like the cooler toys. I I, I collected Cobra. I collected. Um, Empire stuff more than Rebels. I, I, I don't. I don't know why where that comes from. And then, and then you start looking at it, the history of uh, nice uniforms out there that the world shouldn't be <laughs> shouldn't be paying attention to, if you know what I mean. Um, so I almost don't want to dig in. But there's something about it. Something about Ger- Gerard. Um, I just I just found sympathy for him, and it might be you know the guys just would I, I believed him. He was like, I can't do my job. You're not giving me the tools. <laughs> I don't care. You got to do the job. Oh, damn it. Okay. Uh, I don't know. There's something about that, and then I always talk about the Return of the Jedi novel. You get into uh, uh, his head a lot more. He has that quote of "Great men never hurry. Great men cause others to hurry." I don't even know if I have that super philosophy now in life, but as a kid, I was like, "That sounds great." Sounds <laughs> um, like great. So, but from that starting point, uh, Jay's saying all of the reasons I kind of love it now. It is about the office climb, uh, mm-hmm. how you work and who you work for, and who, who how, what, at what level do you sacrifice what you believe in for the bigger goal? Do you know even why you're here? I love the deleted scenes of, of Jedrod uh, faced with having to blow up uh, his own men on Endor and all that stuff like. That's big stuff. So all that boils down to like Krennic. Krennic really kind of opened up that side of it where do I think he's a completely evil person? I think he is now. I don't know Mm -hmm. if he always started out that way, but his ambitions and the lessons of your ambitions. And that's why we talk about Catalyst so much as being a a good book. And over the years, Catalyst has kind of become this punchline of a book like, oh, you didn't like Rogue One. You need to read Catalyst. I even have friends that still joke about that. And it's not fair to Catalyst or Rogue One. Um, it, but it's part of that is, is seeing where Krennic came from. It wasn't someone who's like, oh, I'd like a red lightsaber. It's like, no, I'd like I'd like to do be acknowledged for the job. I think I'm doing well. The job happens to be building a, a weapon that will destroy planets and wipe out millions. But it's my job. I'm doing well. Um, and how you can be consumed by that. And that's kind of all boils down to him being killed by uh, the very weapon he was creating. And mm-hmm. the very way, the, the, your life uh, being uh, taken by your own ambitions. That's that's why in the end, that Vader, li- the Vader line, the dad joke line, like over the years, but I think I'm let I, I have less fire about that line being bad because uh, it's it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like the pun, but I a good <laughs> theme statement, Vader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you on the pun, but yeah. So, anyways, I, I, that's where I start and maybe go with all that. Yeah, no, I would agree with a lot of that. I think Jay uh, uh, laid it out really well. Like, I really like the Imperials. I loved my um, Imperial officer a- action figure as a kid, the Kenner one that I really um, just thought was Piet always. It was Piet to me. Um, right, the, right, right. It, and it just, the, the the flat blackness was fascinating. You know, you talk about uh, not wanting to, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 
uh, idolize yeah. <laughs> the uniforms yeah. because they're are drawn from real world fascism. Um, yeah. That's what it means. Um, but it is still fascinating. I think that's one of the powers of Star Wars is to uh, look at scary ideas that have, you know, that are pulled from the real world in, in real humanity and mm-hmm. real dangers and to look at very scary things, but put them in this package where it's safe to uh, play with them mm-hmm. sometimes literally. Um, yeah. And I think the connection that Jay's making that you're making is what I really make is we can see um, obviously real world fascism, super scary, but we can also see these choices where people kind of say, look, I'm a cog in the machine. No one can control the machine. The machine's just doing what the machine does and I am trying to profit by it or, mm-hmm. you know, survive it. But it can't be changed. It shouldn't be changed. You know, like mm-hmm. I think for for Krennic, this idea of like, yeah, he's not like, let me go find the ancient holocrons and learn the power of yeah. fury. Like he's like, I have a good government job and I'm going to build a defensive weapon for our government, mm-hmm. which we need. And all around him, it's becoming obvious that it is a massive gun to control people through fear. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of flipping about it. You know, you get that, yep. you get that energy, like that that great line uh, uh, with Galen, where it's, you know, mm-hmm. you're confusing peace with terror. I think he says, and Krennic mm-hmm. says, hey, "You got to start somewhere." Yeah. It's it's a funny line, but it's funny because it's that sort of like the big picture isn't my problem i am a cog in the machine and i want to be a great cog in the machine who gets rewarded and you are a naive fool for thinking it should be different the world's the world it's the cynicism of it you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i yeah i love that about krennic and then you know i think there's also just this great thing that that jay is connecting to of this very real world of like um, in particular, my time at Kinko's, other jobs, but mm-hmm. because it was a corporation, I feel like I could break down various people I met into Tarkin, Piet, Ozzel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Veers. And you see, you, Veers, yeah, you see all those people who are, you know, cogs in machines who are about power, right? And yeah. about, you know, control. And like, Tarkin is a cruel, awful person, but great at his actual job. And then, Piet is savvy and knows how to handle the boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows how to give the boss bad news and sweep the right things under the rug and blame other people. And then Ozel is this, you know, blowhard who is born on third base and doesn't <laughs> know it. And, you know, when you start looking at each Imperial officer that way, I think most people could go like, yeah, I work with that person at radio. I work with Tarkin at Radio Shack, you know? <laughs> Uh, that where would be where he worked. Uh, absolutely love that. Yeah, and connecting to that. And I remember, you know, uh, Empire was the last one I took in as a kid, like really, you know, knew what I was watching. And so it was a weird order for Imperial officers. Um, I was scared and terrified and also obsessed with Ozel's demise and Piet watching it, gulping and just going, oh, cool, I have the job now. I better take it. <laughs> like, I don't know if that set me up for what... Uh, joining the workforce was <laughs> like the person in front of you dies uh, just take his job <laughs> yeah i mean it is the sort of a uh, winner take all you know and that yeah. just yeah, the performance is so amazing you can see the ambition but you can also see the like if this works out great great you know i'm mm. gonna get such a wonderful retirement package uh but if not i'm going to be just m- murdered <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's one or the other. It. One or the other. Talk about sacrificing for your job. Like Piet needed some. Piet needed like a good uh, uh, Twitter uh, thread to say you are not your job. Yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So we were talking off air. Uh, uh, Jay's question is so great about uh, favorite story moments. And I found myself mm. writing down like five and I was like, hey, wait, maybe we <laughs> should do an episode of Star Wars Ranked. So uh, maybe we'll talk more yeah. about in favorite Imperial moments so as to yeah. contain ourselves here. Uh, mm. But what is a favorite moment uh, of Imperial storytelling for you? I I think it might be God, it might be the the Piet promotion, um, but I've also been, I, you know, it's 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 the why bury the lead? I ter- again terrified as a kid. I, I'm now connecting like work trauma to Empire Strikes Back more than I ever really realized. <laughs> when Nita apologizes or says he's going to apologize, I just remember thinking, well, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> That's the right thing. That's what you would teach your kids. You made a mistake. Take responsibility, even if it wasn't all you. Like you're in that position. With great power comes great responsibility. With great promotions comes additional responsibilities. And I thought I, that's like that's what you should do. And to watch him just fall to the floor, dead. Apology accepted, Captain Eda, which is a great Vader joke line too. Uh, Vader's got a dark sense of humor. I I I just. I love that, and I'm terrified by, by, by that moment. Maybe even more than the Ozzel one. Yeah, because the Ozzel one, Earl Jones, just saying, "F around and find out." And, yeah, uh, it you know. totally is. And and the Ozzel one, it's like you you you, you immediately. I, I think I've always liked Piet because he ain't the annoying one. <laughs> like we, like you said, we've all worked with Ozzel. Yep. And so you're almost root when it happens. You're like, yeah, that guy, that guy, we, that, he, he's, yeah, get that guy out of here. Um, <laughs> and and uh, that, but the the Nita one is just it's it, it's heartbreaking from a certain point of view. Yeah, I think maybe just because it's such a short scene, but the way he's coded is just sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. within the the Empire, young guy doing the right thing, filling out the forms, and like, yeah. wow, not not the clearly the way to survive is to be Piet, to be you know, yeah, the the, the snaky whisper guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he could, yeah, he could have been like, you know, Lord Vader demands an update on the pursuit. Yeah. All right, you're the blame. What's your name, Covington? All right, Co- Covington, I'm going to go report your name. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. All right, yep. he gulps and goes, oh, here we go. Probably, and, and yep. you know, we know Vader's been doing this to the point where they they couldn't even do it in Re- Return of the Jedi because on screen he didn't done it too much. But even they dress it in the comics where Palpatine's like, "Stop killing my officers, man! <laughs> you you got to pick and choose, pick and choose." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that uh, that yeah. that management uh, conversation. Like yeah. how to be a Sith Lord but still be reasonable. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, uh, like I said. A lot of them came flowing out. Uh, I think it's maybe it's because it's something I don't think about as much, but I do love a lot of them uh, came out. But I, I think Krennic really did take what was around the edges and and make it crystal clear. Uh, I've made lots of jokes about uh, uh, it's funny that he's it feels like he's a frustrated middle manager and that he's in a business meeting. And that's funny in, in the context of Star Wars to go to <laughs> Darth Vader's angry lava castle and have like a business meeting. Uh <laughs> Yeah. But that is the point, uh, yeah. like like you uh, were saying. So I think my favorite moment is probably Krennic saying, we stand here and it's my achievement, not yours. Because it, it so drives home that that trap of being all about um, how I, I'm, I'm trapped in this machine and I can only get validation from this machine. But this machine is cruel. And mm. it's just about dominance and Tarkin has more power. So he'll just take it from me, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the life and the world that I've 
kind of blindly committed myself to, right? Mm-hmm. That he's just left there standing and screaming in this kind of, it, it, it's, it's totally true. It is his achievement and also totally impotent. And Tarkin's like, cool, doesn't matter. I have more power. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. You know, and to just see his frustration and who among us has not at some point in our lives felt like somebody else took credit for our work, right? And you want, you <laughs> yeah. want to do exactly that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Not, again, it's, it's uh, never rooting for credit, but man, there's been so many times I just love it. Ben Mendelssohn, just Ben Mendelssohn, fine in all those layers and, and, you know, in a, in a, in a shoot that was infamously uh reshot as we all know that reshoot word. I it just, he's such a great performer without a doubt. I just love the layers he puts into it, even to that final moment. It's just like, yeah. of course, of course this would kill me. Yep. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. So many great Krennic lines. Uh, all right. Great question, Jay. We will uh, revisit it more unless Ken, there's anything else that you would like to say about Imperial officers right now. No, I think, uh, you know, years ago I did a, a best Imperial officer, but that was just a, that was just a name list. I think, I think we, we are going to revisit this on rank. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun moments to discuss, but for now we're going to go to our final question from Perry Wakefield. Perry says, after watching the book of Boba Fett, I have some thoughts. What do you think the effect of Grogu choosing the armor over the lightsaber is on Luke? We know Luke trains Leia and she chooses not to be a Jedi. And now Grogu chooses not to be a Jedi. Does this affect Luke as he is rebuilding the Jedi order? And does it affect him while training Ben Solo? I think this could start to show us why Luke thinks it's time for the Jedi to end in the sequels. Thanks and keep up the great work. Uh, we talked about this a little bit amongst all the great conversations about Luke and attachment, but I uh, really appreciate how laser focused uh, Perry's question is about is Luke is Luke bummed uh, by Grogu's choice? How does it affect his psychology and play into his future training choices? Well, where do you go with this, Ken? Yeah, and going back to that Grogu moment when, when the discourse was happening, I think we talked a little bit about just it's his lesson in, in attachment for Luke again, right? And, and letting go of his ideas of how this this is supposed to go. Um, mm-hmm. I've always, you know, especially with Ahsoka being like, oh yeah, Grogu's going to be the first student. Like I, Luke was probably really excited. I got one. I got one. He's building. He's, he's building, you know, he's physically building. Well, his, his yeah. robots are physically yeah. building. He's starting it. He's like, all right, great. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think he understands, I think it, it's this weird balance of, I think he, he understands it. He can let it go. The Leia one probably was very tough for him, but, you know, probably accepted on some level. I think it's important in life. You don't always have to have full understanding of someone to have compassion and empathy for them. Just have the support and and just understand that that's you getting out of their way. And, mm-hmm. that you, you know, I think that's important with the Leia one, the Grogu one. But I have you, you have to wonder if he if he gets disheartened. And does that create any I don't know. I don't, I don't say shortcuts, but just just where his vetting changes his uh you know i don't i don't want to say bringing students of lesser skill but higher drive uh but you know what i mean if just like all right i, I want to make sure i find someone who wants to be here and that might cause him to look for different uh, kind of students uh but but definitely i think that that creates a, a, a you know i'm sure you'll you'll go into it more just but just like he clearly <laughs> values his students choices and that's mm-hmm. something that probably isn't great conversations with Ahsoka about, uh, yeah. but, oh, let me tell you about the Jedi Order. Let me tell you about choices and how powerful that is. So that kind of drives him forward, but it, 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 it's got to hurt on some level, and, and it's an ego battle. And how can he, how can he control his ego, his, his bruised ego? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it's really fun to think about. I think yeah, I've even seen some, I've seen some memes that are fun mm-hmm. and I've seen some people kind of bashing Luke for like great Jedi teacher, two, two swings, right, <laughs> two strikes, right. you know? Um, but for me, I think of it is a triumph the with mm-hmm. Grogu, the more I think about it, because yeah. I think Luke was left with the uh, mission from Yoda to pass on what you learned in Luke learned a lot of things, but I think one of the things that he learned is that you have to choose to be a Jedi. It's not a casual thing to do. It's not a mm-hmm. thing to do just because y- your father once was one. Luke chooses to be uh, a Jedi. You know, I mm-hmm. think an important thing that he is passing on is not just how to access the Force, how to commune with it, all the great, great lessons that he clearly taught Leia, and we see him teach Grogu. But I think one of the things that he learned to pass on that being a Jedi is for the deepest commitment, the most serious mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that's in line with a lot of things, a lot of great interview clips with Lucas that are going around about you, you choose to be a Jedi, you choose to give up, you know, yeah, uh, diff- different things so that you can focus on this. It's even a lot of great storytelling in the High Republic books about like, yeah, kids are, are taken young because that is the Jedi way, but you still have to choose the force. You got to question it and choose it yourself. So I think Luke is, uh, on the right path with Leia uh, of saying, hey, you this choice isn't right for you, then I respect that because you have to be committed. You have to choose this. He mm-hmm. so wants Grogu <laughs> to yeah. be a good student. He wants to be a good master to him, but he sees that truth that, that Grogu's distracted. It's not about like, you can't have a friend. It's that like, you're not here. You're yeah. not present you you, your connection to this guy is going to make you want to lash out your pain at missing him is going to make you want to lash out this might not be great for you are you Mm. sure you want to do it kid and the kid's like yeah no i don't (laughs) (laughs) where i want to go do it my own way and luke's like cool luke doesn't make it about himself he makes it about what giving Mm -hmm. the choice back to grogu right yeah so I think the way that this connects to other things is that we see in that Rise of, Ren, Rise of Kylo Ren comic book that Luke does have a good school going. And it seems like a lot of those students mm-hmm. there are like relatively trained, active Jedi going about the galaxy doing things. So yeah. he, they got he ships. Did they yeah. got ships. They got ships. Uh, he yeah. clearly did have success. Mm-hmm. I think the way the way I'm thinking about it, and we'll see what the future storytelling uh, says, I think it's that where Luke fails is he learns good lessons with Leia and Grogu that the student has to choose. And I think he ignores that when it comes to Ben Mm. because Mm -hmm. it isn't necessarily Ben's choice. The little bits of storytelling we have is really implied that Leia wanted him to train with Luke. And I think, you know, the, the hubris that Luke's talk about talks about in last Jedi of his desire to train his nephew because of that mighty Skywalker blood, I think what Luke is upset with himself about is that he made the training about himself, that he, Luke, Mm -hmm. wanted this. He thought it would help Ben. Uh, Maybe there's a little bit of like, I want to truly pass on what I've learned and continue this great heritage of of Skywalkers. Uh, And I think there's a very good chance that, obviously Ben was being manipulated by the the voice of, of Palpatine, but I think there's a good chance that, Ben didn't want to be there. He did not want to be taken from his parents. Maybe he didn't want to try to live up to the legend of Luke Skywalker. And I think Mm. unlike what happened with Leia and Grogu, where he gave the student the choice and let them walk away, that maybe Luke was clinging to Ben a little bit too much, right? Of Mm. wanting him to train and maybe not giving Ben 
the opportunity to walk away, which is maybe what Ben needed at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, the, the, you know, Ray kind of laying that truth on him, right? You yeah. Know, with, 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 you didn't, you didn't give him a, you made the choice for him. No, I think that's wonderful. And going back even before what you're saying of uh, the, the Grogu moment, I, I am all aboard uh, the train of, of saying that was quite a victory for Luke. And that's why I focus on the attachment lesson too of, 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 you know, it wasn't just about Grogu. It was just like Luke continuing to, Hey, I, I have a great idea how this will go. If that's not the way it's going to go, I got to let it go. How, yeah. how often do we talk about that in real life? You know, I've mentioned the new show this week. We had a, a shoot on, on Sunday that just went wrong every which way at the beginning. We all had to go. We had some thoughts on how today was going to go. <laughs> it's not <laughs> going to go that way. And so I, I absolutely think it's a victory for Luke, which um, um, would make a lot of sense if, if you put aside those lessons because of whatever that X, fa- X factor is. And the Skywalker blood is probably X factor right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's in the episode so much when he's, he's looking to Ahsoka for guidance, right. And, and he's clearly got a little bit of an attachment <laughs> of fondness Luke to Ahsoka and he, cause he asked, will I see you again? Right. Just mm-hmm. really obsessing about the future. And she's like, eh, we'll see, yeah. you know? Uh, so I, I think that to me it, it is coded as a victory cause it isn't, mm-hmm. it isn't don't have friends. <laughs> yeah. Don't care about people. Don't love people. It's this specific attachment is distracting you and making it so you can't, you can't do the things you need to do in order to become a, a Jedi. So yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I'm totally on board with this uh, question. Great question from Perry. And I'd love some more t- storytelling about Luke's training of Ben. But to me that that's the big answer is that, uh, for right now that Ben uh, maybe needed to walk away and Luke maybe yeah. wanted and hoped uh, to have this be a big success. And, yeah. and it's, you know, it's Luke's initial folly with Ray. Like finally, after all of this journey, mm. here's someone who needs and wants to be trained. He's like, I've had too many bad experiences. <laughs> yeah. Nope. And then, you know, that's his great triumph in Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. He's like, all yeah. right, finally somebody who wants this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be there for you. Yeah. And look, if, if, if it's not because you mentioned that the, the Jedi school was pretty robust uh, at the time we, we see that comic, the, the start of the comic. If Ray is the only victory, which again, not the case, then that's the big victory he needed to have. So, there you yeah, go. absolutely. It all works out in the end. Uh, anyway, great mm. question. I'm sure we'll talk about that more, but that's it, Ken. We have answered the questions of the Force. Oh, great stuff. Love all the questions. Thank you uh, for reaching out to us. And if you have a question for us, there's a lot of ways to reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We usually put a question a pin tweet up there. Just we'll put it up there and gather questions from there. So you can find us there. You can also go to Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Uh, you can find us on ACAS, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Just and you'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center you can follow me at catnapsock or go to uh, go to my website catnapsock.com big fourth uh, big show on june 4th uh comedy show at the troubadour if you are local to la you want to see big show ryan sickler headlining mark ellis hosting me and a bunch of other wonderful comics performing at that historic venue ticket information is on my website joseph yeah, you can find me uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshot. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshot.com, for all of my comedy adventures. Uh, but for now, that is Questions of the Force from Grogu to Krennic <laughs> to Kenobi and back again. We've had a lot of fun. Thank you all for the questions. That is Questions of the Force.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.